Are you in airplane mode? Uh, I am in airplane mode, even though I'm not in an airplane. They should have podcast mode. No, it should also be aeroplane mode, shouldn't it, for the UK? Because we're right. having to say airplane. Airplane, you're right. Do you know what? I've never even thought about that. You're right. We totally nicked that from the yeah. Americans. Also, does it matter anymore? Because like, it used to be, if you had your phone on, you're recording something, you'd go, vada-ba, 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 vada-ba. Are you thinking of drum and bass? No, do you know, do you know the sort of the speakery, speakery noise? It? Yeah, yeah. I think you mean... Oh, yeah, that's, that's a better version of it. But, g- g- but g- is that still yeah. something... Have they changed the sort of... Yeah, you don't hear so much gugging anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So, I, I don't know. Maybe it's 5G. Shall I, shall I come out of airplane mode? Yeah, you... See if... See if <laughs> and then, if everyone writes in to say it was full of all those noises... Yes. We'll give the producers a terrible job at trying to repair the audio. I'll have to come in and redo all my... <laughs> Redo like all these these three yeah. millisecond exactly. sounds. Right, Matt, can you just come and redo all your wittier sides? Welcome to another episode of the list of absolutely everything that might kill you. The show which could just save your life. I hope so. I'm Matt Edmondson. I'm Adam Kay. And this week we are pitting another two potentially deadly items against each other. The question is, which one is more deadly? Let's find out. So, come on then, join us, put on your high-vis, fasten your seatbelt, and most importantly, keep your arms and legs inside the podcast at all times. I'm ready. I've, I've gone controversial with my choice. Sex dolls. <laughs> I've gone moderately controversial with my choice. Regular dolls. Regular dolls. (laughs) This will one day be the number one cause of death. Right. Full stop. But today, it's, it's, it's early days, but I think there's still enough going on that it's going to chart pretty high. This is like a time capsule for the future. Yeah. One day will say, they will uh, listen back to this and say, he was so prescient. Yes so prescient and i think even in five years time it would be nonsensical the thought that this wouldn't have been mm. on the list of everything so this is your legacy forget the baftas forget oh, forget that shit forget the books forget the books this forget the live shows yeah it's quite they're quite they're quite that's quite easily achieved yeah. <laughs> um robots uh killer robots yep I mean, well, it depends. What you, where do you? Where does robots start and end for you? Is a dishwasher a robot? No, it is. Though, isn't it? <laughs> it is because it's a machine that does a task for you. No, that's, it washes that's a, your dishes. It's a, it's a, it's a it's, appliance. It's a box full of water. No, come on, that's a robot. What is a washing machine a robot? No, I tell you what is a robot. Doesn't exist. Well, <laughs> I think it does exist. It sort of does exist. You know, they do that consumer electronics show every year in San Francisco or something. No, why would I know that? San Jose, somewhere beginning with San. Sandringham. Sandringham, could be that. (laughs) They, big big tech show. Yeah. Where they're like, oh, we've created a phone that can fold into seven bits. It's like one of those. A fridge that can fly. Exactly, that sort of stuff. That's not a bad idea. Let's talk about that later. Cut that out and patent it. Exactly. Imagine that, you're sat on the sofa. (laughs) Why go to the fridge when the fridge can come to you? Yeah, exactly. Just Uh, press, what's it called? Friggy go. Frigigo. No, you say to your smart speaker. No, but we need the name for the app. Oh, Frigigo. Um, frigid. Um, no. Selfridges. No, it's been taken. Um, frigid and go. 
Frisian Go. No, uh, at this tech show, they yeah. displayed a product which if, I mean, I, you know I don't like spending money, uh-huh. but if this product became available, I would, I would pay for it. You'd spend some money? I'd pay upwards of tens of pounds. It's called the Laundroid, as in laundry. Laundry droid. And yeah. you chuck your dirty washing into a bit of it, a drawer at the bottom. Yeah. And using robotics and artificial intelligence, it yeah. works out what's in, how long it needs to be washed for, yeah. at what temperature. Yeah. It then steams and irons it all and hangs it back up in the other half of the wardrobe. It's oh, like, it's like wow. magic. It's more of a magic wardrobe than the one that led to Narnia. Is that a robot? That's a robot. That's a robot. That's, That's a, a robot. robot. I don't see what the difference between that and a dishwasher is. Okay, I'll, I'll happily include dishwasher injuries. I take it all back. A dishwasher is not a robot. It's an appliance. It's a white good. There are lots of ways that robots can kill you. Sucked off by a Roomba? That's not... <laughs> that, at the moment, is not one of the leading causes of, of robot death. Good. There are robots already that can shoot people. Photographically or violently? Violently to death. Well, yeah, I suppose... I mean, it's a tanker robot. No, because it's got a man in it. Yeah, true. Murder robots. So far, the murder robot deaths have been good. Good ones. If death can be good. For example, in 2016, the Texas police brought out their murder robot. That's the brand name, is it, they've gone for? Yeah, yeah. Murder (laughs) robot. They... um, brought it out against a gunman who'd already shot a big load of people and they were struggling to work out how to stop him killing more people. Robocop. Call Robocop. Yeah, well, they did. Went in, killed him. One point for robots. Showed no remorse. Did did it have cute eyes like Wally? Because that that maybe would soften it a bit. If I was designing murder robots, I would want them to be as cute looking as possible, Furby's style. Yeah, exactly. So, So when the Gatling comes out of its thorax <laughs> and mows you down. You're not expecting it. Yes. Yes, the last thing you'd expect from a Furby is it for, for it to turn violent. Can I ask a question about the murder robot? Yep. Presumably, it has a human controller. It's basically Robot Wars. They've sent in Sir Killalot. Yeah, it is, a, it is a bit that. I imagine it's a bit... It's not, they've not, they've not, you know, they, they're not, the robot's not... Uh, fully autonomous. It doesn't have any agency over what it's doing. Someone is, you know, it's just a, it's just a remote-controlled car with a gun sellotape to it, isn't it? I'd say that is a robot, even though it's controlled. Because in medicine, there are robots. Robotic, have you heard of robotic surgery? So is that where they send in, like, little, little robots? No, that, you're thinking of the future. Ah, right, yes. Um, so this is... I'm thinking of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. That's right. Sorry, my, my bad. So keyhole surgery, you know, so instead of doing a big unzip of the abdomen, yeah. you make a couple of holes and in, you're, you're operating using sort of instruments on sticks to try and do things. Right. So, and that is, that's good for the patients because... Less damage done. Less damage done, quicker recovery time. And these days you can do almost everything with keyhole you can, surgery. You can, do, you can do open you know, open surgery with keyhole surgery. Is there, sorry, one more, more question oh, yeah. about that. Is there like a, a camera? There is very much a camera, right, yes. Right, so you're not going in blind. You're not going in blind. No, fine. No, crucially, you're looking at that on a, a screen. I would say it would fall foul of first to no harm mm. if you were doing keyhole surgery blind. Like a lucky dip. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you can do almost all surgery like that. However, what you can't do with your sticks is go behind things. 
And so robotic surgery came along and the first one was called the Da Vinci robot, named after... The Da Vinci Code by Dan The Da Vinci Code, yep. yep, where there was a big, there's that big section in the middle about robotic surgery. Basically, you put your hands in the robot and sort of manoeuvre them how you would. With its consent. With its consent. Yes, okay. And the patient's. And then, so if you sort of do, ooh, reaching, reaching round and over, the, the robot will do the same thing inside the body. That, that's unbelievable. And yes, so, I believe it. But it's, but I'm glad you believe it because it's true. However, as we say in medicine, shit happens. And sometimes things don't go well in surgery and a bad workman blames his tools. Mm. And in 144 cases... The doctors will blame the robots for the deaths oh, of really? patients. Oh, so malfunctioning robots. I don't know if malfunctioning. I, th I think this is 144 deaths linked with robotic cases. So, so maybe something else happened. Someone, you know, pushed the patient off the bed or something by accident. But what, whatever happened, for the purposes of getting my robot numbers high, I'm absolutely blaming the robots. Right. Okay. Making them solely culpable. Naughty robots. Next robots, which I think we need to talk about, are the self-driving cars. Love it. Bring them on. Can't wait. Do you drive? Yeah, and I hate it. So you want to subcontract that to... 100%. 100%. When I'm in a car, Adam, I have the feeling that I'm in prison. I'm in time prison. I am like a, a sack of meat and bones, sat behind a wheel, navigating this box from A to B, is that what I would choose to do with my time? Absolutely not. No. But here I am, a clump of meat, just twiddling a wheel. And I really, really feel, and I felt in my bones since, well, since I knew of a car's existence, this thing should be driving itself. And now it's happening. It's happening. I can't wait. I hate driving. Can't wait. Although it will kill the radio industry in which I rely on to pay my mortgage. It will not just kill the radio industry, it'll also kill lots of people. Right. I thought they were quite good, though, because isn't it when you, you know, you get that thing where it says, like, uh, you have to get into a website and it says, click on all the squares with a motorcyclist or click on all the squares with a road sign. I thought we were training some incredible machine learning system, which then got fed back to the self-driving cars. I don't think that's what that's for. I think that's what that's for. I think it's data gathering for the machine learning. But here's the problem as I see it. So... You have to tell the, the car what to do in the case of an emergency. Mm -hmm. So an unexpected hazard appears, you know, a, a you know, dust cart pulls out in front of me. Yes. Even if it breaks as hard as it can, it's going to kill me. Mm. The only chance I have is by swerving to the left. But hang on, Adam, over there, there's an old lady walking three Cocker Spaniels. Yeah, and there's, you can see the nun next to her. Yes. Yeah, 52 school children on a trip to the Science Museum. Yeah. The, the car's going to have to make that decision. Louis Theroux, National Treasure, he's to the right. So who is programming the car to say who to save? Mm. It's a moral quandary. It is a moral quandary. But, but I, don't think, I, I is... don't think a human would do a better job. Because uh, the human would still have to make one of those decisions. Yes, I would. I make the decision to save me. Yeah, so, you, so you'd swerve. So what are you going to hit? Louis through the kids or the nun? 
Or the old lady with the dogs? It's through, unfortunately. Through. Yeah. You're straight through him. But I mean, the, the other options are 52 kids, a nun, and an old lady. Mm. Or me, the main character of the world. Yes. So so you're saying that the self-driving car might think, well, you're the one who got into a self-driving car, so you're the one who's for the chop. It might turn on you. Exactly. That's, that's my worry. Right, okay. So you'd rather be in control of killing somebody else than of it deciding that it might kill you. Because it hasn't... Someone has programmed in an algorithm that helps it decide yeah. who they're, who they're going to kill. Mm. Here's the other question. Have you ever experienced a piece of technology going wrong? <laughs> because... Yes. That happens to me on an hourly basis. Everything, everything I, I use from my me-controlled car to my phone to my laptop always crash you know crashing is a lot worse if it's a car yes than if it's an ipad would it be my fault because every day the car has come up with a software update and asked me <laughs> if, if i want to do it, it now or tomorrow and i've gone tomorrow. tomorrow and i've done that for the last 380 days yeah i admit there probably aren't a lot of uh, robot deaths at the moment mm. I, I hear you in the future. Are you concerned about artificial intelligence? I think so. I think we should be, you know. Because, I mean, you were, you were showing me <laughs> before yeah, I was. what uh, AI art can be. Yeah, I've become slightly fixated on AI image generation. So text-to-image generation, you can write in something you want it to create, and it can create it. And I chose a matador falling off the Chrysler building, and it only bloody did it. It beautifully rendered it. It was amazing. Yeah, but, I, but it, did, it didn't try and kill me. It did just generate the picture I'd asked for. No, but I, I do think that it's about to get so advanced that it's going to not be able to communicate its ideas to us. In, uh, machine learning. I think it's going to get ridiculous. And in the wrong hands, I think... By which you mean our hands. Our hands. The hands yeah. of humanity. Well, I was thinking specifically us. Oh, right, yes. Okay, I, fine, I mean, yeah. I do terrible things for okay. <laughs> I think it's I think it's dangerous times on the artificial intelligence front. Not least of all because I can't say it. Artificial intelligence. There we go. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, it cause for concern. But I feel like people maybe would have said the same thing about um, the industrial revolution. Yes, or the machine gun. <laughs> and what harm has that ever caused <laughs> anyone? So, Jen, how dangerous are robots at time of press? In the last 30 years, robots have been responsible for the deaths of 33 people in the US. But given that there are 310,000 of them working on production lines in the States, with one death per year, that equates to a micromort score of 0. Bear with me here, 0. 0.00296 per million hours. Force field activated. You are now protected. Well, Jen, that is not going to age well. No, it's already out of date. They've already, they I imagine, another killed another one. Yes. Ten more, so ten more. So Killalot has just got Craig Charles. It was long-standing beef, and he's hunted him down and taken him out. One for the Robot Wars fans there. So, so basically, one a year yeah. doesn't... You're, you're going to have to choose something extremely yeah, safe I was just, I was like, to, to I was lose this marsh, one. Like marshmallows, but no, I reckon more people choke on marshmallows. I think they definitely do. <laughs> than are killed by robots. Okay, you could so, have chosen almost anything other than robots, I think. I think so. Yeah. I've, if this was a different Oxygen, game... Oxygen, I think I've, you could have I've, chosen. I've basically found the pointless answer yes. in, uh, on this particular game. So I'm going to leave the next 15 minutes to you. Thank you. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to just get the tube home. 
But this is, I guess, the list of absolutely everything that might kill you. And it still might. It's low down on the list, but it's there. Oh, it's it's right at the bottom of the list. (laughs) But it's valid. It's on the list. It's what I'm saying. Right, yeah. I I feel like changing my answer to, like, shoes now or something that's going to... I mean, literally anything. Although, shoes are actually involved in mine. I went for marathons. Marathons. Yes. Are you a runner? I'm not, but I have previously run a marathon. Wow. When? Which city? London's marathon. Didn't win. That was disappointing. That's a shame. But raised uh, some money for for charity. Didn't come last. Well done. What did you dress as? I dressed as as a sweaty man. Okay. What inspired you, other than the charitable causes, to do it? Uh, Very good question. So uh, I do most of my writing late at night. Uh Uh-huh. Because everything's quiet. I like it then. Good time for the brain to fizz. It is. And like, I, I can't be too interrupted by emails and Twitter and stuff like that. And yeah. so I sort of sit down and pace around. And then uh, after an hour or so, maybe get a glass of wine to sort of to help myself along. And then uh, when the writing's going a bit wrong, I maybe have another one. And then at some point, at about two or three in the morning, I'm very bored with the writing I've had a couple of glasses of wine and I make regrettable decisions on the internet. Almost always it's things I don't need that I'll order online. And on one occasion it was entering a marathon. Right. Did you, when you, when you sort of came to the following morning, did you think, oh, the strangest of dreams. I dreamt Uh, I'd signed up for a marathon having never run before. And then I got the email, uh, which didn't just thank me so much uh, for joining. It said what an immeasurable difference it was going to to, to make. And it was, I really, there was... I think the difference... They designed the email so I couldn't then uh, reply with, I'm really sorry, I made a mistake. Yeah, I'd argue the difference would be measurable. Yes, it would be, be measurable by the minimum charity uh, donation. So you went for it. And how, how was the training process? The, the training process was a lot shorter than uh recommended recommended because of the length of time uh i think i think a charity had basically tweeted about a last minute place they had right and then they in the, you sign up to the like the i think it was like virgin money giving page or whatever it was that that had budded up the marathon and they would send updates and they were designed for people who'd started like four months earlier and to start with by now you will already be comfortably running a half marathon and oh i've you know, i've not even bought my shoes yet oh that's so stressful there was a, a running shop in shepherd's bush yeah and so first thing i did is i uh started walk from where i was in chiswick I'd sort of not that far away in west london without breath to worse than that, i had to take the bus <laughs> half halfway halfway through my walks at the running shop but bailed it's because you didn't have the shoes yeah, right exactly so so, so i got all the stuff and yeah i sort of got got on with it it was a, the double the double issue was the running and also the fundraising uh, mm. there was a slight kink in my fundraising when um it resulted in someone stalking me and uh, sort of police harassment uh, mm. order, which is probably its own podcast yeah. worth of weirdness. But also at that point, good that you'd practice running. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I, I hadn't done a full marathon by the time of the actual marathon. How, how far had you run? I'd, I'd run about 20 minutes. 
20 minutes. No, it was more than that. It was, I, I, think, I think I'd done more than a half marathon, but less than a marathon marathon. Wow. Um, but I just thought on the day, bit of grit, termination, luck, fluids would, would, would get, me, get me through it. And, and at what time did you do it in? Uh, it doesn't matter. It's not a competition. Mm, it is a competition. I don't know if you're aware of that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was under five hours, but uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to insult your intelligence by by going to the exact number of seconds below five hours. Sure. Okay. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the main thing in my mind with the with the timing is it was under seven hours, mm. which is the time it would take to walk it. Okay. Well, there you go. That's why you shaved two whole hours off that. You must be going at quite a pace. Yeah. Um, how were your nipples? That's a very good question. Uh, but I was I was warned in advance that your nipples could chafe off, and so they were they were carefully behind a last plast. Yeah, with I, a bit of Vaseline on. Oh my God! The then by best best feature by a long way. I wasn't gonna wasn't gonna have them sacrificed. Exactly the money makers, as you call them. <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna have those guys shredded up, grated off by oh, a t-shirt. Horrible. I mean, lots of things put me off about running and marathons, but the nipples is the big one. Yeah. I don't like them being touched. I don't like myself touching my own nipples. Right. Can't stand it. You're looking a bit peaky talking about nipples. Don't like it. Don't like the sense. If I think about it too much, ugh, don't like it. Don't like touching them. Don't like anyone else. Let's move on. Let's move on. So the idea of a T-shirt rubbing away at them. Ugh. That is not the worst part of, of running a marathon. So I, <laughs> I got to the holding pen right. at the start of the marathon. Is that what it's called? It's like, yeah, because the sheepdog rounded you in there. There's the, so you're you're grouped by how roughly how slow you think you are. Okay. So and is that self determined? That's self determined. So they they ask questions like, "Have we heard of you? Mm. Like, are you a member of a running club? Have you got and a then, sponsorship deal with Corn? Exactly. So yeah. all the basic all the basic questions like that, and that means that Usain Bolt is in a different part of the lineup than I am. Right. And I was with... Um, He's a sprinter, isn't he? He's not doing marathons. Well, I'm demonstrating my running knowledge <laughs> at, this, at this point. I was stood next to some other, you know, clearly ill-prepared man. And I was just chatting to him because I was sort of nervous. And he asked me what charity I was doing. And I asked him what he was doing it for. He was running the marathon in memory of his good friend who had died doing a marathon. And at the, obviously a weird choice of way to commemorate. Yes, and also not what you want to hear. Not what I wanted to hear. Because I'd thought, you know, I'd my worst case scenario, I think, was probably collapsing like a handkerchief at the side of the road, having to be scooped up into one of those, you know, shiny blankets. Yeah. I hadn't thought that it could result in my personal death oh my goodness. on television. Oh dear. And you don't want to befriend that guy too much because then there's quite a big commitment. If you do die, he's got to run another one. It's another one. Good point. People do die. Yeah. As evidenced by my story. Yes. Well, I, di I didn't. You didn't. You live to tell the tale, but loads of people have. So what do we know about Mathis? 26.2 miles. We know that. Supposedly named after or inspired by the ancient Greek legend of Pheidippides. For who? Pheidippides. <laughs> Pheidippides. 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 Okay. Pheidippides nuts. Who? I mean, I'd have thought it'd be named after someone called Marathon. No. Well, the, the play, well yes. No, he's the guy. Pheidippides is the guy that ran the Marathon. Right. And it's Why named isn't it called after the Pheidippides? The invaded territory of Marathon. 
Okay. So he ran two marathon. Yes. But he's called Fidipides. I'd have been I'd have been pissed off if I invented a whole sport and, and they named it North Oxfordshire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the London I'm running the London Fidipides. It's yeah. very satisfying to say Fidipides. 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 I mean, I, I don't know what your ancient Greeks are. I'd say there's a non-trivial chance you're not pronouncing it right. And there's going to be more. There's going to be more Impossible. emails about that. Impossible. Fidipides. That's it. Fidipides. Anyway, obviously tasked to delivering some news to Athens about the Persians, who the Greeks had pulled a victory off against. And he was told to run 25 miles as fast as he could, burst through the door of the Acropolis, shouted the word, victory, and then supposedly killed over from exhaustion and died. Oh, Fidipa died. Fidipa died. Um, and he didn't even do the full marathon because he's meant to do 26.2. Exactly. And he made 25. 1.2 miles short, mate. And so someone decided, even though this was a distance fatal mm. to Fidipides, we're going to add another mile and a bit. Yes. And call it a sport. And call it a marathon. We're not going to name it after him. Uh, they think it's unlikely. That's true, by the way, that story. Oh, so you just wasted my time. Well, no, because I think it's good to know that the, the cultural understanding of where Marathon comes from. But actually, Pheidippides, uh, he did exist and he did run a lot. He was a, now this one I'm not confident on the pronunciation of, hemerodrome? He, what? He was a hemerodrome or a day runner whose job was to courier messages over great distances in as short a time as possible. He was basically the get here of his day. Which is what? Uh, food delivery service. Okay, great. Yeah. I use Uber Eats. I would be delighted to sponsor this podcast. But, it, it, I spend so much money mm, on Uber Eats. Yeah. Even like a discount code would make a, would make a real difference. Yeah, we'll take like a, a gift token. Yeah, absolutely. Or voucher would be good. Yeah. Anyway, he was used to running distances far greater than 25 miles. Apparently, Pheidippides covered 150 miles once, the equivalent of almost six modern marathons. So he, was, he, was, he basically invented the Iron Man. He did. Is that what, what's, what's the Iron Man? It's Robert Downey Jr. And he's sort of this billionaire. Yeah. Um, and he finds himself in enemy territory and he builds an iron suit to escape. And he becomes one of the central protagonists in the Avengers series. Oh, great. Okay, fine. That's one. Because th these days, a marathon isn't enough, is it? Everyone's like, a marathon, mate. I've yeah. done so, a marathon every day for the last 52 that's, days. That, that's, that's the thing. And I swim between cities, yeah. between, the, between the marathons. There's one called the Self-Transcendence. It's a 3,100-mile race based in what? New York. And it sees the people... You can't who, do that in one go. No. The participants run the exact same route every day for 52 days, an average of 59.6 miles per day. Oh, no. <sighs> so yeah, people love to run big marathons, but they should be cautious because they are quite deadly. So the first recorded example of an athlete perishing during a marathon is the sad, sad tale of Francisco Lorazzo. He was a Portuguese long distance runner competing in the 1912 Summer Olympics in Stockholm in Sweden. Early days of the Olympics, Adam, so you didn't have to be a professional. In fact, you weren't a professional athlete. You were just like someone who got recruited to come and do it. So this guy, Lazaro, won the Lisbon Marathon in 1910. Very exciting. That's good. That's, that's more of a fun run. So he's got one marathon under his belt. Yep. He's gone for another one. But yep. sadly, he began to overheat dramatically and he collapsed at the 30-kilometer mark. When they checked his temperature, he was a whopping 41 degrees. It's too hot. Too hot to handle. They thought it was dehydration initially. Yep. 
but then they realised that he'd lathered his body with animal fat. So he confused it with swimming the channel. We've all done we it. We all know that it's goose fat for the channel and you just need some sure deodorant for the marathon. But in fairness to him, this is Sweden. So I would have, at the very least, brought a jumper for my marathon. Well, yeah, you might have got too hot as well. So he thought that the fat was going to prevent his body from sweating. And he thought that oh. might help his performance. But obviously, it severely hampered his body's ability to self-regulate. It, and yeah, he'd, he'd, yeah, he, he hadn't thought sweat. enough. He hadn't thought enough about this. No. Anyway, uh, he's got a monument dedicated to him in Portugal. Which okay, is nice. good. Yeah. And check this out for ominous last words. He said before the race, either I win or I die. And he was right. He was right. He was right. He was Fair right. Play. Yeah. Good on him. He's a man of his word. So it's about getting your, your temperature right, you know, not slathering yourself in animal fat. Presumably it's about the right amount of, you know, fluids. Yeah, I mean, and... there's kind of three things that can take you down in a marathon. Right. I guess for, uh, the fourth thing might be getting run over by a faster runner. Um, yeah. Heart attacks. Most, heart attacks. Most common. Okay. Your heart can't keep up with the yeah. pumping. You've also got the old electrolyte imbalance. Dehydration. Oh, yeah, dehydration. Yeah. And actually, there's too much hydration. I didn't know that you could drink too much water. Absolutely. You can, you can dilute your, your blood, basically. Yeah. yeah because you need the, the electrolytes, basically, I mean, the salts, you know, the sodium, the potassium. Yeah, and it's a, if you over-egg it, if you drink way, way, way too much, and which is, um, it can cause, like, swelling on the brain and things, you know, tissues. Hyponatremia is the word I found for it. Is that my same Hyponatremia. Hyponatremia. And that's not enough what? What? It's not enough. Uh, um, I can't remember. You say you can't remember. I think you mean you never knew. It's not enough sodium. <laughs> That's the one. Not enough sodium. They're known to get salty with me. <laughs> I think I once came close. I, uh, I went on a coach trip to see Othello, a stage play at school, school trip. Yeah. Drank a lot of water on the coach. No toilet on the coach. Needed to pee. Yep. Coach driver refused to pull over. Had to hold it. Had to go and see, say to a teacher, I think I am going to pee myself. Uh -huh. They said, has anyone got an empty bottle? Announcement to the rest of the coach. Has anyone here got an empty bottle? Someone did. I then had to try and pee into an empty bottle, yep. which required me standing up and putting my trousers down. Yep. Someone held up a jacket to create a modesty screen for me. Yeah. So I'm behind this rumbling down the M25. Oh, yeah, you're, sort of, you're jiggling, jiggling, jiggling around. Every, the, all eyes are on me. The, the only coach, place big coach, enough is the front of the coach. The coach driver, who obviously hates you. For he's, swerving, he's swerving. He's swerving, changing lanes Recklessly changing lanes. It's like the film Speed. Uh, yeah, exactly. He's, he's undertaking like a madman. And I tried to pee, and I could. I got pee freeze. Even though all my body wanted to do was pee, couldn't do it. Could not do it. And so that was embarrassing. Sort of, you know, I've made a big song and dance about needing to pee. Yeah. There I am. Person's holding the, the jacket like up. Like a terrible Punch and Judy show at the front. I, I held it. I held the urine in. Yep. We eventually got to a service station. Yep. And Adam, I ran like Pheidippides. Yeah. Like my life depended on it. We now need to, need to get the result. I mean, if it if it's, doesn't beat... One in three point three billion, then uh, Th then Jen has really dropped the ball. All right, Jen, push me over the finish line, please. I'm ready and waiting to uh, sample uh, an orange. Is that what they have at the end of a marathon? What do we have at the end of a marathon? 
Uh, some electrolytes. Yes. Like, yeah, get some Lucasade. Aid. Be rehydrated. Yeah. And there's a complimentary massage. Is there? Yeah. No, there's not. There was when I did it. What? Yeah. Although I didn't take them up on it because it was they get, they gave me a glass of champagne or prosecco or whatever it was. And that right. was very nice. And they said there's a there's a complimentary massage just uh, just upstairs in this sort of um, this place we've been collected in. And I couldn't walk up the stairs because. I'd knackered whatever muscles oh, no. in my legs so much. And the stairs were the problem for the next mm. week or so. Mm. I, was, I, was, I, was, I was sleeping on the sofa. You needed a complimentary massage. That would have sorted it right. Jen, what are we saying about marathons? How deadly are they? About 0.01% of the world population will run a marathon each year. Data collected by the British Medical Journal over a 30-year period found that death would occur for eight runners per million and that this is equivalent to about two deaths per million hours of vigorous exercise. Much, much higher than robots. So, no big surprise there. I think the big surprise for me is why I thought robots would be, would be particularly No, I can deadly. see the logic. I, I, you know, we've seen iRobot. Yeah, we've seen wall Yeah. Another win. Someone present me with a medal and a silver blanket. The List of Absolutely Everything That Might Kill You is a podcast from Podimo and What's The Story Sounds. It's presented by me, Adam Kay. And me, Matt Edmondson. The episodes are researched and produced by Jack O'Kennedy. Executive producers for Podomo are Jake Chudnow and Matt White. And for What's The Story Sounds, it's Daryl Brown and Sophie Ellis. <laughs> 